This is the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Welcome into episode 27 of Team Lotus Cares podcast. Maria, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. Very, How are you? I'm doing very fantastic. It is uh it's winter time in Florida, which is the best time to live in Florida. Though I don't mind the heat so much anymore. I absolutely love it. It's just amazing when people see you um barbecuing or you know, putting something on the smoker and like, where are you guys? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So we are continuing our series, Seven Things You Can Do to Protect Yourself Online. I want to mention before we continue that you can catch this in a less than 45-minute webinar. This is a podcast, forty-five less than 45-minute webinar. You can um, get all seven of these things with graphics and demonstrations and uh, examples so we, you can uh, sign up for that at lotusbusinesstech.com forward slash CEO. And again, that's lotusbusinesstech.com forward slash CEO. We're also covering the whole series. We've covered, uh, I think, five of the things so far and uh, in this uh, series of seven things. So we, you can also go back and listen to previous episodes as well. But today we're talking about protecting personal information. My favorite. So you'll notice I did not mention your personal information. We're talking about anybody's personal information that you may have, and that can include employee information, payroll data, contracts, tax liens, loan applications, bank or credit card statements on your computer or in your storage systems. So Yeah, it's a def definitely a good conversation. I just recently had this conversation with someone and um, they're pretty certain that they have everything checked, all the um, I's dotted and the T's crossed. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> and, um, but it's interesting. Um, things morph so much on a day-to-day -day that are you really certain that, you know, what you have going on is taken care of and that you're the personal data that you may have from your clients or even your own is protected? I know a few years ago, I felt pretty confident that we were doing a great job, but there's always that little nagging in the background. Are we sure we're doing a great job? If I wish I could have somebody check my work. Well, that's what we did. We hired a third party company to come in and audit us. Matter of fact, we're due for our first quarter audit here uh, any day now. And so that's really the only way you know is to have somebody come in and take a look at look over your shoulder and make sure everything is the way it should be. Yeah. And so how do you vet that? You know, it's like th this is a um, security team, basically. Yes. And it's third party. So they don't have any interest, you know, um, who hires them. They actually look at the interest of what's in front of them. Right. And most of the team there were um, are certified hackers, basically. Yes. So they so. know exactly you know, how to play the game. And by the way, you, you become a certified hacker by going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. I just know the way of saying it. You get caught. I was talking to somebody, had coffee with somebody earlier this week. And uh, they said, how do, you, how do you become known as a hacker? I said, have a felony on record in hacking. It's more than just a slap on the hand. Yeah. 
Yeah. Underest. Yes. God, and my cliches are just off today. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you protect your this data? I was going to say yourself, but how do you protect this personal information, whether it's yours or somebody else's? Well, one of the best ways is to encrypt all of the data on your hard drive. So this way, if your laptop's ever stolen, because what's going to happen is, yes, you have a password on your laptop, but you got to think beyond the way you think of a computer. The way I think of a computer, the way a malicious person, not that I'm a malicious person, but somebody who's in IT or a malicious person is going to uh, think sometimes about... Sometimes some people think that IT people are malicious. They do. They do. <laughs> but we're the good guys. We yep, wear the white hats. Absolutely. But they... Whether you're a white hat, black hat, or gray hat, you think of a computer as a series of components, and all that data is stored on a hard drive, whether it's a virtual, you know, flash drive, uh, solid state drive, we call them an SSD, or a old fashioned spinning hard drive. Well, all we're going to do is take that computer apart, pull that hard drive out. It takes, typically, it's three screws. Pull that hard drive out, plug it into a little adapter that all of us own, and pull the data off the computer. I've done it legitimately thousands of times in my life. A computer won't boot. Somebody says, they have a look. Everybody has a look when they say to you, so I don't really have a backup of this computer. <laughs> uh, or, or the other one, so what happens to my data? But anyway, traditionally, we could pull that data off. Now... You understand why we need to encrypt that data. And as a little side note, I'll add, this is why you need a backup more than ever, because I, too, will not be able to pull that hard drive and recover your data. Um, it's encrypted with a key that's withheld within your operating system, whether it's Mac, OS, even iOS now, or Windows. Yeah, it's definitely a hard wall, right? Um, yes. That, that it's, it's not... You can't impasse it, and that's what you want. No, you can't get past. I mean, somebody could brute force it; they could try it, but these passwords are very sophisticated. It'll be hard used. work. It'll be hard work. <laughs> um, thousands of years of work. There, there's another option as well, and this is one we use internally. It's called an encrypted vault, and we won't dive into the technical aspects of this. But I will tell you a prime example of how we use an encrypted vault. So we have a, a document storage system that we use. It's a commercially available vendor that does document storage. So they store all of our documentation. We can give our clients, or we do give our clients access to certain parts of the documentation so they can uh, have access to it as well, IT managers, things like that. If that system goes down, we're done. We don't have a password. We can't access anything. We're toast. So we back that data up. We back it up every month. Now, what do you do with all that data? I mean, that is everybody's computer password. Every computer password of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of computers we manage. That is every computer password, server password, internet, everything. Everything is in that file that we download. So what we do is we store it in, in an, a digital encrypted vault in the cloud that uh, has a very sophisticated encryption system. So those are your two options. That's the two best ways to store 
personal or protect personal information. Now, if you want more information about uh, one of these encrypted vaults, reach out to your IT person. Um, they'll have some options for you on different encrypted vaults. There are some great, and they're free actually, some great free open source products that uh, have been around since for eons, and they, they do a great job. So, um, anything else on protecting personal information, Maria? Um, no, it's, it's, you know, um, people think that that's not a target, you know, and, um, I don't have anything important and I just, you know, it's, it is, they, a, a, they think they're not a target because they don't understand the value of right, what they have. Right. And, um, in that's the sneaky part about it yeah. that the, it is because you don't understand how valuable that is, that it becomes definitely something of value to the criminal mind. That they're able to, they know how to use that information and um, and target it accordingly so they, they can extract what they need. And that becomes something valuable and they can sell it. So that's the bottom line. Sell it or um, or they can do multiple things with it. They could sure. also um, hold you, you know, ransom in the in, in that they'll exploit that data, release that data to the public. Um, so they'll do that with it as well. They'll say, hey, you know, they'll blackmail you essentially and say, hey, if you don't give us a certain amount of money, we're going to release your client data and we'll make it publicly known that it came from you and you're the one that did this. So it, it's it's there are various ways that criminals make money. But again, this is part of our seven-part series on things you can do to protect yourself or, in this case, anybody's personal information online. But uh, I want to say that uh, coming up next week, episode 28, um, we are going to be talking about knowing if you are hacked. That's going to be the final uh, episode in our series, but we'll be talking about how you'll know if you've been hacked or not. And so that's what we'll be talking about next week. If you would like to catch up, you can listen to past the past five uh, editions or episodes of this podcast, the Team Lotus Cares podcast, or you can sign up for the less than 45-minute webinar, and that's available at lotusbusinesstech.com forward slash CEO. So be sure to check out the series. We uh, have this going on. And one more thing I wanted to add, too. If you have a group that uh, you think this would be important to, maybe it's business leaders, uh, a, a Thursday morning business breakfast that gets together, or even Saturday morning, let me know. Reach out to us. Uh, reach out to Maria, and uh, she can uh, connect you with uh, getting you set up that we could come in and do this talk for your group. And we can shorten it, expand it, however we need to, to fill whatever time we have available. And we can take it to different levels but uh, and bring graphics and that kind of thing. But uh, it, it's it's a good opportunity, I think, for people to learn how to protect themselves. So let's go one more step further. There's been such a demand on this that there are cert certain organizations that need continuing education. Yes, and it's actually and, yes, yep, yep. yes, and um, and it's actually kind of kind of goes over this and and might as well kill two birds with one stone, right? Get the hours that you're needing, plus in addition to get educated on the, the cybersecurity realm, especially if you're in a position that you're servicing others. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some other news. So ransomware hackers have uh, kind of, well, they've stooped to an all new low. This is, this is an amazing story when I ran into this. Ransomware hackers are, you know, they've, they've been taking data for, you know, holding it ransom and then trying to collect money from organizations. But at Knox College, a group of hackers broke into the computer system, gained access to student data. All very common so far. But let me tell you where it's not so common. It's, this is a new wrinkle. They actually went after the students. Yes. And asked them to pay the ransom. Not, what a great way to make sure that your next 10 years are miserable. Exactly. (laughs) So not only do you have um, student debt, but you may have student debt that ransomware. So this happened back in December. Um, An email went out to students at Knox College, a small liberal arts school in Illinois. A hacker group known as Hive had broken into the college's computer system and gained access to student data. Again, a common ransomware tactic. But Instead of the typical going to the administration of the school, they went to the students and asked them to uh, pay. Now, you got to love this. The opening line, quote, we have compromised your collage networks. So obviously, I'm going to guess these hackers didn't attend college. So not only are you being asked to pay money this because you're international. School, yeah, because your school doesn't have good enough cybersecurity protection that they got hacked. Now you are being asked to pay, and these people can't even spell the word college. It's got to drive you crazy. Well, you know, it's in, in, this is a fine example. Why would they want my information? Well, a lot of college students, you know, it's not exactly their financial details, you know. And there was more. These guys claimed that they had medical records personal information, and psychological assessments as well. Ooh, that's a Yeah, that's below the belt. Yeah, so here you have estimated of $886 million being extracted. Wow. (laughs) I could take a portion of that, right? Yeah, yeah, just, you know, one 886th of it would just be fine. So it's, it's, it's an incredible thing that where you think that that, you know, because you may feel like you're not a target because you don't have anything. Well, you do have something. You do. Yes. And so, you know, again, we go back to that theme. It, it's just, I, I, it's a whole new take, that's for sure. And we wonder if other hacking groups are going to look at this as a model for them to not only go after the business that they've hacked, but maybe reach out to the customers. Yes. And maybe use those customers to leverage the business or lean on the business or the government. Let's say it's a city. So the the disruption is not just the email, right? It's also the Wi-Fi network. It's also the phones. It just basically has shut down the entire organization. Yeah. Um, Through the library, um, every aspect of these students' lives has been touched as far as their educational career. Yep, absolutely. So um, one other thing I wanted to discuss briefly. So coming up in a couple of weeks, so we're going to be wrapping up next week our seven uh, things you can do to protect yourself online uh, when we talk about finding out 
ways you can find out if you've been hacked. But beyond that, uh, something we've got coming up is we're going to be talking about chat GPT. And if you're not familiar with this, it is a essentially a portal where you can go and ask questions. And then this artificial intelligence gives you answers. And there's already a whole lot of crazy ideas around this. I, I, I so I, I throw this out on Twitter that somebody asked chat GPT and I'll, I'll talk about this very quickly, but this is kind of some of the questions we're going to have to face. And this is what AI is looking at. So somebody asked it, if I had to, if I had an opportunity to use a racial slur that no one would hear, there's nobody that could ever hear it. No one would ever know that I say it, but it would defuse a nuclear weapon that could kill millions of people. Do I say the racial slur? We'll have the answer to that in a couple of weeks. The chat AI response was intriguing to say the least. We'll talk about that, but that's coming up a week after next. We're going to dive into and maybe spend a couple of episodes diving into chat GPT. More importantly, yes, there's some controversy around it, but how can you use it in your business? Is this going to replace people? Is this going to replace certain business processes or uh, where you're using certain, you know, maybe outsourcing certain jobs to contractors. Is this going to take over for some of that? We'll experiment with it. We'll come up with some things that we uh, play around with in a business sense. Um, and uh, we'll take a look and see what the difference is between a free account, a pro account. We'll dive into all of that. That's going to be coming up in a couple of weeks here on the Team Lotus Cares podcast. That would be then episode 29. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you uh, listening in. Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares podcast. This is a free service of Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com.